this is Siri Payne, Certified Life Coach, and you are listening to the Prosperity Gap Podcast. Welcome to the Prosperity Gap, where we discuss the financial gap that exists between where we are and where we should be. It's time to bridge that gap. Can you believe it? I am here hosting another episode of the Prosperity Gap. That means Dave is off on another grand adventure somewhere. And I'm here to entertain you and help you bridge the financial gap. Now, today, I'm very lucky to have our guest, Siri Payne, with us. She is a certified life coach that helps mompreneurs organize their home life and business processes so that they can be the mom they want while making money in their business without sacrificing sleep, health, and relationships. I want to bring Siri on the show because when we deal with money, we also are talking about mindset. So, Siri, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here too. And I love when Dave's not here because that means I get to do crazy fun things. And I want you to bear with me as we kind of jump into something exciting. Are you ready? I don't know. I'm thinking I might be nervous, right? (laughs) Okay, here we go. I'm going to get professional here. Okay, go for it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Siri and CR show. You like it, right? I do. That sounds fantastic. (laughs) Okay, okay. We'll get down to business. But when Dave's gone, it's really fun because I get to jump on and host and get to talk to so many amazing guests. And I found you online and I'm so excited because I wanted to really dive in and find out more about you, about your story. And if you could help me by starting out and telling me how you got into coaching and what led you to this decision. Well, back in the day, I was originally a school teacher, but while I was in college to become a school teacher, I thought that I'd always just kind of skip the teaching part and go on to get like a master's of counseling or a PhD in psychology. But as luck would have it, I found my Prince Charming. And so we got married. And while he pursued my dream of getting a master's in counseling, I put him through school. So then I decided to teach school and um, pursue my master's in education. But then last year I found life coaching and I became a certified life coach while I was also working my business. I taught school, worked on my life coaching business. So long story short, it just kind of became apparent that the life coaching was taking off and that I needed to make a decision what to pursue. So I took the life coach route opportunity and it's just been incredible. So it sounds like you've been searching for a calling for a while as you've been going through teaching and and helping support your husband. And I think most of us feel like this, that we're always out there looking for something to complete us. And I think your story really inspires me. So thanks for sharing that because that's incredible. And I hope that a lot of us out there can follow you and be motivated by that because it just takes that leap of faith and just keep trying. Thank you. (laughs) Well, let's start out with an easy question. And uh, it may be easy for some, but how do we get money organized? That's one question as you talk about organizational behavior in your coaching, but how do we get money organized? All right. Well, I think to organize any area of your life, but particularly money, since that's what we're talking about, you have to be able to figure out your priorities and you have to figure out your why. So once you're able to figure out your priorities, you can do that by asking questions and knowing also the results that you want. So why do you want to do something? What's the result that you want to have at the end? So asking questions such as, for example, your listeners are working on their money. So maybe like, why do I want to pay off debt? You know, what do I think being in debt means for me? Why do I want to save for a vacation? Or why do I want to pay off a house payment? And you want to just be very clear with those in your head about why you want to do that. 
Because when it gets hard and you might want to be tempted to overspend, to say no to not saving or whatever the challenge may be for you, it's when you know that reason of why you want to do it and that result that really helps you keep on track. And, and I love that you talk about finding your why. There's great books out there about finding your why, but a lot of us are driven by our why or we should be. And that's why I, I'm so glad you're here because I wanted to kind of break down some of the mental behavior, maybe some of the mental mindsets that really help us get started. And I think as we've discussed this, I wanted to find out if you could help us to really get into the steps of getting started mentally. In the past shows, we've talked about this starting journey. How do we get out of debt? How do we start saving but mentally, how do we go about doing this to kind of sum up what you're talking about? That's a great question. So what I like to do is when I'm taking my clients through some money issues, I like to get them really clear or see two big shifts for them. And so the first one is for them to be able to start seeing debt as neutral. So if you have thoughts that like debt is bad, then you feel bad about yourself and you also feel bad about your choices that you made that possibly got you there. And so if you are typical like many of my clients, when you feel bad, what do you do? And we often spend more money, yeah. right? And so then of course the result is we spend more money than it contributes to our debt or it keeps us from saving the money that we want. And so that just that feeling of bad because we think our choices was bad, that really takes us off our path from saving the money and being able to do what we want to do. So in order for us to be able to see debt differently, it takes just a little practice, just like everything in life. And also it just allows it just a new little thought. It's just realizing that we can have a different thought to make us feel differently about debt. So for example, what I find, it's kind of typical for a lot of people to really feel like um, debt for education or for home or for medical expenses, those might be something that people view as acceptable or like okay reasons to go into debt. But they may think like debt for like putting a swimming pool in your house or going on a big vacation or credit card debt, they sometimes view those differently or they may view them as a negative or a poor choice. But if I can get my clients to see that debt is just debt, Right? and that you can see it as a neutral, that it's not good or it's not bad, then you can start to really clean up your debt from a way better space without judgment of yourself. And I like what you're talking about, but you also talked about one thing that really sparked an interest for me earlier is about talking about overspending or spending because that helps us to feel better. Can you discuss a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like a cycle depending on what you are. In my world, we call it buffering. So if we feel bad about something, we're going to go do something that's going to make us feel better. And so that could be like eating, food is a big one, possibly like drinking or watching Netflix. And for some people, it's spending. And then, of course, what happens is when you indulge in that activity, so for example, if it's spending and you want to save money, well, you indulge in that activity because you think it's going to make you feel better. And it does for a split second. But then you come home and realize what you did. And guess what? You get to feel that exact same emotion you were trying to escape. So it's like if you're going to feel that emotion anyways, feeling bad for something or feeling overwhelmed or tired, well, then you're just going to feel another negative emotion when you choose to buffer in whatever way that you do because it's not helping you reach the goal that you want to accomplish. Well, let me ask you a question because I love that you talk about acceptable debts and that, like you said, it's a debt for school or for your home. In some of the terminology we've discussed, we refer to it as good debt or bad debt. So bad debt would be vacations, clothes things like that. But I love that you say you refer to it as neutral because I think so many times in life we just get out there and we feel like, hey, I'm going to work on some good debt today. I'm going to go out and spend. So most people aren't motivated by being told that we're bad 
or being told that we're dumb or that we made like a dumb choice or that we're irresponsible. So if that's the dialogue that you have in your head about your debt and you're telling yourself that you made a bad choice or that you're really dumb or you're irresponsible, then it's going to be very hard for you to get into that mental space to really want to start to you know, fix the problem or to pay off your debt. People achieve goals best when we feel excited and we feel motivated, we feel committed, when we feel like loved and supported. So if you're telling yourself a story about your debt from like that neutral space, then it keeps you feeling what you need to feel in order to start that journey on your money goal. So what I like to do with my clients that are working on money issues or the, if they have like money scarcity or overspending, I like to help them practice feeling the feeling they're going to feel when they think the debt is gone or when they think they have control over their spending. So imagine what it would feel like for you if you were out of debt or if you were able to really control your spending and you were able to say no and yes to the things you intentionally wanted to. That really feels freeing, right? Lots of times people say it just would feel peaceful, they would just feel really content, they'd feel really assured about life. And so those are all feelings that come from our thoughts, essentially. So to be able to feel those feelings that you want to drive you and motivate you, you might have to think such thoughts as like, paying off debt is amazing, right? I want to pay debt off so I can have more options. Um, you may say like saving money allows me or allows us, who's ever saying it right, the truest form of freedom, or I'm in control of how I spend my money, which is totally true, but sometimes we forget that we're not. But it's those types of thoughts that allow you to feel peaceful or free, motivated, committed, to be able to do what it is that you wanna do. So tapping into those feelings, especially on the days when it feels really hard and you maybe wanna overspend or not save, that, that's the feeling that you're going to allow you to make the best decision for you to hit your goals. And you're totally speaking my language. And I want to help those out there who are watching or listening to maybe get a good example of, of what you're talking about, because I think you're, you're on the right track and I'd love to hear some more. Okay. So for like example, let's say you have the opportunity to see, you go to the store and you see something that's like a really good deal. Sometimes that's what catches our eye. And, but you also have the goal that you want to be saving money. So in order to walk away successfully from the store, right, and not buy that thing that's on sale, you might want to practice thinking a thought that's going to make you feel the way you want to feel about paying off debt. Because when you see that thing that's on sale, notice that feeling that you have. There's excitement, right? There's you're just desire, right? You really want to do it. But if you really want to get into how it's going to feel when you're paying off the debt, you might have a thought like, I want to pay off debt, and that's where my true freedom comes from, right? It doesn't come from the sale. Or you might even admit like, you know what, that is a great deal, but paying off debt is the deal that I look forward to most. So you're going to want to word your thought the way that you think naturally and allow yourself to practice that thought. And again, like I said, it does take practice, but it's totally doable and it just makes the experience so much easier and way more rewarding. Because if you're in that store and you see something that's on sale and you're like, oh, I can't buy it, I can't afford it, I have to pay off debt, that doesn't feel great. And so then, of course, what do we do when we don't feel great? We just make choices that we most likely would rather not be making and they take us off the path to reach our goals. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was at a conference last night and the presenter shared something that stuck with me. She said, in the midst of our darkness, we need to stop and realize what makes us feel better. And then we know how to help someone else when they're in the same situation. And the reason I share that is because I have found that helping other people go through challenges motivates me and helps me to stay more focused. 
So when you're talking about debt or trying to help other people who are, are going through some of these, uh, these feelings of, hey, I need to go spend because I'm just going through hard times, that really stuck with me because when we're going through all these hard obstacles, we tend to just feel like, hey, we're the only one here, but we don't realize there's a lot of other people going through that. Now, you also talked about triggers, things that push the suspend and how to, how to change those feelings. Now, let's talk a little about the next step, which is planning. Why do most people avoid money planning? Well, I think that it's probably obviously different for everyone, but I, what I'm kind of noticing, there's a little bit of a trend that most people think they, they blame, right? They avoid it because they blame the lack of time or they blame the lack of money. And so they think that that's why they're not wanting to plan because they don't see that they have a choice, right? They don't see that they actually get to make a plan because I don't have enough time to do it. I don't have enough money to make a plan. So they think why, but when you blame like lack of time or you, when you blame your lack of money, that usually stems from like an underlining feeling of fear or like not confident in what it, your circumstances that you are. So most of us don't reach our goals, whatever it may be, whatever our goals are due to that feeling of fear. And I've also found like another common reason for people to avoid planning because they think that planning restricts their freedom. They really feel like if I plan how I'm going to spend my money, I'm going to have less freedom. But that is exactly the opposite. Planning actually creates our freedom. Most people with money issues, they feel like they have very little freedom, right? They don't have choices because they don't have enough money. And because of their lack of debt or their lack of cash flow, they feel like they don't have any choices in what they get to do to spend their money. But when they also, when they plan, they they often think that it's taking away their freedom or it's taking away their ability to make choices. But they forget that if they are the ones planning, so if they're the ones creating the plan, they are the ones creating the choices and they are the ones creating the decisions in their plan. And then that really is creating the freedom that they actually desire to have around money. And I love what you said. You said planning creates freedom. So that to me is very important. I think a lot of us, like you said, we felt restricted, but we really are creating freedom. So after we make this plan, we're ready to implement. So when you get a debt management plan in place, what does that do for us mentally when we're moving on to the next cycle in this planning stage? All right. So I think I mentioned this before. A lot of it is just making sure that you hit that plan with the right feelings and that you really create your plan without fear without like that scarcity mentality. And so what scarcity mentality is, is just like our thoughts of never enough. Like it's never going to happen. I'm never going to be able to do it. I'll never get a good job. Or like the effort that I'm doing or the plan that I created is not enough. So if you have those thoughts around your plan, then it's not going to drive the actions you need. But if your plan is free from those thoughts and free from those feelings, then it really allows you to feel feelings that you want to feel now as you're on the path to becoming debt-free. We forget, like, we don't have to wait to the end to feel amazing and to feel excited. We can be doing that on the path that we want as we're getting there. But if we made our plans from those negative feelings, like I mentioned, if you say like, I don't have any choices, this is going to be hard, this is completely impossible, this is crazy, of course, those create some of us to be scared. It creates that anxiety or that fight or flight in us. And that then allows us to give up or creates us to give up, right? And so we don't even try before we get started. So we become afraid, we become scared, and that's not how we want to feel about money, right? We don't want to be afraid of money, whether, and that goes both ways, whether we don't want to be afraid to save it and we don't want to afraid to spend it either. We want to just really enjoy the money that we have. 
And so the right plan that you have and just like a tiny little change in your spending habits can really mentally put you on the right track to help you stay there. And I want to illustrate this a little bit because as you're sharing this, it reminds me, uh, my son, he runs cross country at high school and he's been running for years. And as he progresses, he hits what he calls his PRs, their personal record. Over the past few years, he's only moved up, oh, I think a few seconds until we actually got him a running coach. And he told me the other day, he has these casual warmups where he just kind of runs really fast and then just jogs a little bit. But he said during that, he said he broke his state meet PR that he set last year just on some of his practices. So I think like you said, is we don't have to wait until we reach the goal to start feeling how we want to feel. And I think for him, he needed this coach to unlock those possibilities that he had inside of him and find better techniques that he thought he could push a little harder. And in fact, his runs are now easier for him. So I love what you're saying and how you share that because it can relate to all of us in our life that it doesn't always have to be at the end. We can be working over and over on this continually. And I share this because a lot of parents, especially moms, are out there trying to, let's be honest, save money, pay for school, clean the house, take care of kids. Most moms, I mean, honestly, they kick butt and they do about 80% of everything at home. And having a coach like you can help them beat their PRs. I mean, at their home PRs, whatever it is, especially if we talk about money or debt. And then we have other guests that can show them how to move forward in the financial space. So thank you so much, Siri, for giving these women their confidence back and helping them find strength and doing this every day because that means a lot. Well, thank you. It, it really does. It allows them to just realize tiny little changes and just little tiny efforts can really keep you on the path that you want to do, that you want to be on. Time is slipping away. So I wanted to squeeze in a few more questions before we end up. So as we talk about this and we mentioned confidence as we get going, but what causes the fear of moving forward in our finances? Um, I think you just said it. It's confidence, right? It's confidence in ourselves, confidence or belief that we can do it, that we can figure it out. It's just a lack of confidence in our plan and in our, in our abilities to follow through. And when we have that uncertainty or that lack of confidence, then that, of course, it makes us scared. And when we're scared, we tend to not think rationally. We don't think to create like an actual plan that would work. We often give up too soon. And then of course that takes us right off the path to achieve our goals. Is confidence a hard thing to coach? No, it's an easy thing because when I, I coach in analogies, and so when I'm able to bring out some random analogy that they can totally see, they can see where that lack of confidence really hits them in this analogy. And so it's very easy for people to find their confidence. It's very easy for them to create new thoughts to help create that confidence in them. It's just like anything else, so they have to practice it. And then they really feel like they mastered it in this one area and that they're really good, but then they find out, oh, I have a little bit of confidence lacking here and I might have a little bit here. And so the gist is, nope, it's super easy. It's easy for us to find our confidence, but then just like anything else, we have to practice believing in ourselves and staying in that mindset of confidence. And I look at that as, as paying off debt. If you have a small debt, maybe a, a Target credit card. My wife says Target is her happy place and she could be there all day, every day. But things like that, she just says, you know, as we're paying off these small, small debts or these small wins, we start to build that confidence. And I love that you say that. And I wanted to ask you a few questions here. I'm kind of scrolling through. I've got a, a ton of things to ask, but we won't be able to get to everything. But why do we continually compare ourselves to others? Well, I think because it's amazing and it makes us feel really super awesome about ourselves, right? Just kidding. Honestly, we compare ourselves, I think, because we're human, right? We're just human, and but unfortunately, it's not helpful for us in most cases. 
What I do find is a lot of my clients that come to me, they really do have confidence in most areas and they really wouldn't think that they are a person that lacks confidence. But what it is that I find often is that we are constantly comparing ourselves to past versions of ourselves which is totally a downer on the self-confidence. So that may look like someone that's saying like, I used to be able to, or when back in my 20s I was, or I once had this amount of money in the bank and now I don't. When I get a good job, I was able to do this when I had a good job, but now I can't. So when we compare ourselves to our future, to our past self, it really just keeps us from moving forward. And there's a reason why they call it the comparison trap, because it really does nothing for us except make us think like that we're never enough and there's never anything we can do to be enough. And that really robs us of our confidence. You know, I have to confess, as we talk about this, I'm one of those people that only post the good on Instagram because, you know, I don't like to share, I'm having a crappy day, woe is me. I want people to see that I well put together all the time. I don't want that, them to see me every day that I'm trying. And so I definitely fall into that trap sometimes that I feel like I'm always out there trying to show that I have it all put together. Right, as do everyone. But then again, then you just feel like it's never enough. You'll never know when, when is it enough or when can I have reached whatever it is that you want to reach. And then, of course, you're constantly just trying to keep up and post more and more because you don't ever really truly feel confident about what you put up there. Yeah, exactly. Well, Siri, our time has come and gone and I've loved this so very much. I wanted to bring up one thing that I found because I love Instagram and I love to get all my information and I found something you posted on there. So I'm going to pick on you for just a second before we go because it really inspired me. You said on there, sometimes we want to quit, especially when it seems hard, overwhelming, pointless, or impossible. And I love that you walked, walked through some questions and you said, before you quit, stop and ask yourself a few good questions. How far have you come? How much progress have you made? Will you regret quitting in six months? Progress is a step in the right direction. And you continue to move on and you say, take a breather, maybe a little rest, but stay on path. Don't give up. Don't quit. Just keep going. I bring that up because it really made an impact on me because I feel like in, in money, I feel like in business and with the debt we have that we all feel like I just can't do this anymore. And so I wanted to ask you your thoughts on when we're feeling like, hey, we're overwhelmed, we want to quit. What do you say about making sure we don't give up? Well, I think just that thought like I want to give up is what's really detrimental to you and you want to get off the path. So maybe, like I said, maybe take a breather and say, okay, you know what? Maybe this month I'm not going to pay that extra $20 towards this one bill, but don't really get angry and beat yourself up and be like, oh, if I was more dedicated or more this or more that, I would do it. So it's not that you're giving up, but maybe you're just not doing it this one month. So you're still on the path. You can still say, you know, I really am committed, but I just feel like maybe this is where I should spend that money this month. But you're still on that path. But when you're like, just, you know, whatever, I give up, this is dumb. Well, then usually the next month, instead of paying that $20, you're actually $20, $40, $50 in debt more. Because when you just want to give up, then you just kind of, like I said, that's when the scare, the scarcity, the, the feelings of being scared come in. And you just want to give up and go the exact opposite way. So just give, have compassion for yourself and just you know, stay on the path, but that doesn't mean you have to have motion. Like my daughter, I used this example before. My daughter was also a runner, but when she was eight, we would run five Ks together. And there were times when, you know, you would just walk, but we were still on the path. And although everybody else is running, she wasn't giving up. And when she was eight, one time she got a really bad side cramp. It was super cold in our Wisconsin spring. And she actually stopped on the path, but she stopped. She didn't give up. 
she just took a minute to re, you know, recollect, get herself ready to go. And then she got back up and went. And you don't want to beat yourself up over when you need to stop because she could have stopped and walked the other way, right? And get off and doesn't finish the 5K, but instead she took the time she needed to get back in the headspace, get back in the mental game, physically get taken care of so she didn't have the cramp. And then she stayed on the path. That's amazing. Siri, I hope you have a book coming out soon because everything you shared is just hit close to home. It's, it's really hit close to my heart. And I absolutely love what you're sharing because I think all of us, even me, can learn so much from this conversation. Well, thank you. No books yet, but maybe I should get started, right? That's right. <laughs> well, how can those listening learn more about you? Um, I am pretty active over on Instagram. So if they want to look at Organized Life, so it has an ED, so organizedlife.coach. You can also find me on my website is the same, organizedlife.coach. If you're a Facebook fan, it's Siri Payne Life Coaching is where you can find me on Facebook. And I also know that you have a complimentary uh, consultation, and I hope that those people listening or watching can take advantage of that, correct? And they can find that through your links? Yes. So if you go on Instagram, there is a link if you click on my profile, and I have a freebie, a time-saving freebie, some other things that takes you to my website, and again, my complimentary session for anyone that may want to see how life coaching can up-level and benefit them in their life. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for being here. I'm just overwhelmed and excited, and I can't wait, and I hope we get to talk to you again. Thank you. I enjoyed it. It was so, super my pleasure, so thanks for inviting me. You have been listening to The Prosperity Gap, the financial gap between where you are and where you should be. If you like our show, be sure to subscribe to our channel, even on YouTube, subscribe anywhere you enjoy listening to podcasts. And until next time, keep investing, saving, and using your money for good. <laughs>